Welcome back to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolly Talks and Arnold Reasons. And today we have a super special guest. We need to give him a name. I, I keep calling him Brother Abraham, but maybe we just call him Abraham. Friend of God. So we have a very special guest. Thank you for joining, sir. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to you know be on this podcast, man. I'm always listening to all the episodes, man. So yeah, man, it's good to be here. Yeah. So actually, this is probably the first time that we've had someone who like really regularly listens mm. and is also Arnold's friend. So like, this is actually a very special, special listeners edition of the podcast. <laughs> For so, real. Don't you tell the people a bit about yourself? You know, I don't know where to start. You know, but yeah, man. Um, what did I say? Well, for one, I'm a Christian, innit? So come on, you're in the right place. <laughs> Let me put that out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, hey, I'm just someone that just I say loves God and it's just yeah, trying to make a an impact, man, in my in my own way. Yeah. Oh, that is very interesting that you say that. So mm. feel other ways that you know you've been called, built, designed to make impact. Um. One of them is definitely through, um, I'm a big advocate for mental health and I speak on that a lot, especially as a Christian. So I think that's something where I feel like I've been called to make an impact in that area. And so where's where's your family heritage from? Nigeria. <laughs> you already know. Mental health in Nigeria is, is, a, very, um, mm. is a very interesting topic. So, okay, okay. And what are some yeah. of the other ways that you feel like... Um, even called to make impact um just in um in everything i do really in, in okay. work in just how i live my life do you know okay. what i mean and what does yeah. you do for work i'm a learning support assistant shaping young minds what this is you? it i'm working from um 11 right through to 18 oh, brother i salute <laughs> bro, bro, what, tell us what's the, in fact i don't even want to say what's that like in case the, <laughs> the wrong people listening i, I, I get back to work and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in front of someone sitting in the meeting <laughs> and playing this part but i think maybe oh, just cool, a, yeah. a, a bit of a more general question that i can ask is how do you find doing that sort of work especially with like the overlap between some of the things you're passionate about with mental health and things like that as well working with young people you know what? It can, it goes hand in hand, you know, yeah. because um, I'm able to like look deeper into things when a young person does something, yeah. and um, have those conversations with them in terms of how they are, how you know their well-being is. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely goes hand in hand. Rather than like sometimes like a young person's done something in it, and what they've done is wrong, but rather than saying you know what, right, you're gonna get a detention, or I'm calling home, just have a sit-down conversation yeah. and just see what's going on especially when it's with someone that doesn't usually get in trouble mm. and it's kind of like out of character do you know mm-hmm. so how long have you been um doing the lsa for i've been doing it for around four years okay okay so, so well, yeah go on so i've worked in like different environments i've done it at a pupil referral unit um that's for young people that have been permanently excluded from their secondary schools mm. and then i'm also just worked in mainstream schools as well Okay. Wow. And so was this always something that you, you growing up and you always wanted to do or how did you get into that? Do you know what? Um, growing up, I've always kind of been involved in youth work and stuff like that, you know, okay. being at the youth club, um, helping out with youth at church. So it's always been something I've always done. Um, with this, I'm not going to lie, I kind of fell into it. Okay. I was, I was looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a job but my friend was doing agency with a school and he was like, you know what? You'd be good at this. Like, you know what? Like you should try it out and i thought yeah. you know what i get on i get on quite well with young people so i thought let me have a go and see how it is and yeah just kind of stuck with it you know so that's how i kind of fell into it yeah but that's awesome. yeah and so from the mental health side of it so how did that come about like t- talk a bit more about that like okay. what does it do with the mental health and how did that come about how did that happen the mental health that came through my own experience so yeah. when i was 18 i lost my mum she wow. passed away from um, bowel cancer. Wow. You know, so wow. that, and then two years after that, my dad passed away. Like wow. he, had, he had a stroke. So like, that affected me like heavily, mm. you know, and um, wow. 
even if I go back and my mum was diagnosed when I was um, 12. Okay. I was in year eight. Wow. So like she was going to hospital and stuff and I had to kind of like deal with that. Do you know what I mean? In secondary school. And I don't even, I was thinking the other day and I was like, I wonder if the teachers even knew. Right. Because you know, as Africans, we don't really, we don't tell That's no one really nothing, really. in it. Yeah. We just cool. kind of, yeah, hold it down and keep it to ourselves. But I had to deal with all of that. Do you know? Wow. And then obviously when she passed or when my dad passed, that really affected me. Um, struggled with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, do you know? So through that process, like, and coming out of the other end, I realized that, wow, like a lot of people go through that, yeah. do you know? And I'd always wanted to share my story and find a way to kind of do something to help people. But I just thought, you know what? It's, I'm, maybe I'm the only one that goes through this. Yeah. And then I lost two friends to suicide. Wow. wow. So then I started to realize, nah, this is an issue this is, that... This is serious. Yeah, a lot of a lot of young men are going through, a lot of people are going through. So um, I started doing a yearly conference um, called Breaking the Silence. Sorry, as in running it or attending it? Or... No, running it. Wow. So I just thought, you know what, let me set something up in it. And I didn't know what to do. So I just literally said, all right, cool, I'm going to do an event. You know, just get, you know, Christian professionals on a panel. Mm. And um, get also ministers and just, yeah, and then get people to share their story. So did that. That went well. Um, did another one. Um, yeah, I was meant to do one last year, but COVID and everything COVID. happened. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I haven't been able to do that again. And then it, so it started with that and then obviously started working in um, secondary school and stuff like that. So yeah. with that, that's when I realized, well, okay, this is an issue. So start, I think working in secondary school, like, it was different because I started to see the issues in young people in it. Mm. And you start like, say someone's acting up, you kind of think, okay, what's the reason? And they got their file in it. So you can read into that and see, right, okay, this is where, this is where they're coming from. This is what's going on. So yeah, I think that's how I kind of got into it. That's how it started. For real, I, I feel like there's a lot there's a lot more that I could go into. Go yeah. in, bro. Go in. <laughs> go in. Listen, open the can, thinking. rip it wild. <laughs> Honestly. But yeah, that's that's literally been that journey, really. Um so yeah, I st- Yeah, I started events and then I started working in the schools. I think while you're thinking about which bit you want to go into, I feel like mental health is something that is so unspoken, especially mm. in kind of African communities. Yeah. Yes. And actually, so many people are going through so much. Mm. Like, sometimes we don't realize just how broken the world that we live in really is. Definitely. When you hear some people's stories and what's Mm. happened, been through, you know, because every time I've met you, you're like this ball of joy and energy. Like, every time (laughs) you heard a voice or whatever it is, Mm. this presence of like joy, Mm. you know? Mm. So, for me, it's so. Firstly, it's so amazing to even see kind of the journey that God has brought you through from that place where you yeah. were yeah. to yeah. the only thing I associate you with is like jokes and fun and yeah. joy. Yeah. So it's firstly, it's amazing to see that. But then it oh, also, thanks, bro. bro, like that's what you bring. This you is know? literally, <laughs> you don't smell of <laughs> <a> smoke. <laughs> exactly it, right? Zero. Mm you know but it also just makes you really just deep the fact that look even everything that we see on the outside there could be so much under the surface and you know that should really affect even how we approach different people in different situations Mm. you don't know like what that person has been through or is going through yeah yeah definitely man so in fact i think even just on the point that you pulled back on about how how much especially in our african communities we don't tend to talk about some of the things we're going through like why do you guys Mm. think that is like what do you think it is that's behind (laughs) the way we've just got these barriers of silence where we don't talk and we just suffer and and a lot of the times they're in denial Mm. about what we're going through as well 100 percent. we don't want anyone else to know our business yeah now we've always been told from the house like don't tell anyone your business and it's (laughs) we want everything to be looking like it's great (laughs) when it isn't (laughs) yeah so it's, it's yeah it's literally that you know yeah and I, I feel like there's for me there's a mix of things like that is one of them and for me mm. some of that comes down to pride like yeah definitely. yeah pride yeah. time it will not let us try and get help mm. you know other thing is sometimes we over spiritualize it you know definitely oh, oh. Yeah, I, <laughs> he's going there, bro. He's going, I'm going there. there. I'm going there. I'm going there. I'm going there. <laughs> I feel like 
we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. Yeah. Right. And I feel like anxiety and depression and some of those mm. things are they of the devil? Absolutely, mm. because it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind.、Mm -hmm. So, am I discounting the fact that look, there is a spiritual element to this? Yeah. No, absolutely not.、Mm. But I feel like sometimes, you know, in the African dynamic, we go straight to binding and casting、yeah. and this and and actually. Sometimes when you see Jesus, he talked to people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go. go in you the, go. And this is one of the things that I think freed me is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I believe it is,、yeah. and it's before he's about to go through the the crucifixion and all of that stuff, and he says, "My soul is sorrowful even unto、yeah. death." Yeah. Like, and I think this is the. Sometimes we skip past those kinds、yeah. of verses. What does that mean? But what、mm. does that actually mean? Yeah. Because I think sometimes I've taken it as you know, even un up until this point of death, my soul is sorrowful. But that、yeah. could also, and I'm not saying this is somebody check me, please. Yeah. But is that a point of you know I'm so sorrowful that I want death, or what is that like? Is that a suicidal thought? Like what is that?、Mm. I, I think because it says yeah, go on, go on, go. On. I was going to say because it says that Jesus was tempted with everything that we would go through. Yeah. yeah. So that means that in point points, in Jesus's、yeah. life, he would have had a suicidal thought.、Mm. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So what I was gonna say is, I think whichever way you slice it, it's still real. That's the most important、yeah. part, isn't it? Because、Hundred、even if you take it at the more milder side of,、mm. like, man, I'm so sorrowful right now,、mm. like, and I'm at the point of death. Like, even、yeah. if you take it at that, you're, you're acknowledging that you're sorrowful. Yeah, and I、100%. think in our African communities, even that mild version、yeah. would probably free us from a lot of the things that we hold down and don't acknowledge within ourselves,、mm. or we refuse to speak to other people about.、Yeah. And then there is the other side where it's like, you know, and even even outside of Jesus, I think of Paul because Paul. What was the verse that he says?、Um, hold on, let me quickly find it.、What's、where he speaks, he speaks about how they even despaired of life itself, speaking about the experience、mm -hmm. that they were going through.、Mm -hmm. And it, it's another parallel、oh, that's, of that's deep, the,、sure. the same thing of someone coming to a point of the stuff that we were going through. Was so was real. like、mm. real and so pressing and so like frustrating, however、mm. you want to put it,、mm. that we we pretty much despaired of life itself.、Mm. And and you know actually, even thinking about it, even Elijah, right? Yeah,、mm. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, you go, you go, bro. Well, he was going through it, man.、Mm -hmm. He was literally telling God to just end it for him there, right? <laughs> you know,、right? <laughs> it's crazy. But, but what did God do? Did God bind Satan? No, I told him to chill and eat. <laughs> <Exactly> . <laughs> no, to go to sleep, man. Wake up, there'll be some food. You're bugging, man. Good <laughs> dialogue with him. Yeah, for real. God met some of his physical needs, you know, because he's telling him actually, you also need food and you need、yeah. to take care of yourself.、Mm. God also showed him because he was saying, "Oh, I'm the only one left," and da 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 da. And God、mm. saying, "No, actually, God encouraged him and said, 'No, there's、mm. a yeah.'" Who I have reserved that have not done that, you know, and then he's like, okay, now go get some food, go get、mm. some sleep, you know, and that's the stuff that God、yeah. provided for him. For real,、yeah. definitely, man. I found the verses, Second Corinthians one from verse eight. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength、wow. that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And then it goes on as well. But like when I see those kinds of examples of like transparent, because even if、like、I even think about it, like if we take away the fact that these are letters that were written and just think of them、mm. as conversations, right? Yeah. If Paul didn't express that. How many of us、mm. wouldn't be able to take encouragement from his experience and how、mm. raw it was for him, and how much he, as he said, they despaired of life itself. Yeah.、Um, when we stay silent on those things, it robs one us at times of being able to see the bigger picture and maybe come out of that. But number two, it robs other people of being able to take encouragement from number one,、mm. knowing that they're not alone, and also、yeah. knowing that. You know what? This person went through it, but they made it to the other side. That、yeah. gives me hope. That's real. I think as well. Like, as much as culture plays a part, like us as men, like already, like、mm. that, 
that pressure is real, man. You know, I, I was saying to someone the other day, I was like, when you think about it, growing up, the, the only emotion that was respected was anger. Mm. <laughs> from the man then, from the girls. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> you were rated by how angry you could get. You could be the angriest of, kid. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> no one was rating a man expressing himself and talking about his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So it's it takes us a while as men to kind of come out of that, do you know what I'm saying? And show some vulnerability. That's you know, actually that's magic. Like, yeah. Like to think about it as anger literally was in a lot of ways the respected emotion. Because mm. like I think about it where I came from as well, yeah? Yeah. Like the person that was probably most respected was the person so that was the most crazy <laughs> and wild person. Yeah, like, 100%. Bro. They They didn't care. They'll just do it. If you're talking about in school, they'll throw chairs at teachers. This like, is I remember it, yeah. some of those things. Yeah, hundred like, percent. If you want to go a bit more older than that, it's the person that like it, they 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 they're remorseless. They'll yeah. just do anything. hundred percent. And you just saw the respect <laughs> and the ratings they got from doing that. So from I don't know, maybe subconsciously we look at that and think, nah, this this is how I need to be, and I can't show no emotion. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And you kind of feel like, for me, the school I was growing up, like the school I went to when I was growing up, yeah, like, but yeah, you could you could show no emotion, like, Zinged. something you're happened, done. you're finished, you, yeah, <laughs> you're finished, like you said, you're finished. Someone does something to you, yeah, you gotta have an attitude that you're gonna top it mm, <laughs> and mm. do something even more than what they did, like, do you know what I mean? So, and then in ends, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, do you know? So we grow up with that mindset. You know what I mean? That raw. Oh, this is how we need to be. We don't need to express that. Like it, it, it feels like you're being weak as a man if you express that vulnerability. That's how we, you know, what I'm saying, how we feel because of how we've grown up. And is that something that kids are still growing up with now? Because I feel like things are quite different um, in in a lot of ways from when we were growing up. Like you can see over time, kind of the the change in what's manly you know so like now there's a lot more like instagram and facebook and you know guys are doing very different things there's different ways that are more acceptable in quotes to express yourself yeah. so do you feel like kids have some of those same things that we had when we were growing up or are they fighting a slightly different battle yeah i think it's it's probably uh, definitely um, a different battle mm. i think the kids are able to like express themselves a bit more mm. now you know because i see it like a lot in terms of how they express when they're they're down or whatever and it's like raw but i still think it's still there with some other kids mm. do you know like i was working in a in a school and this kid is clearly getting bullied mm. but i couldn't say to him are they bullying you i had to say something else <laughs> <laughs> because He's not trying to identify <laughs> identify himself as a big. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if he, it's like he doesn't want to accept it. Yeah. You know oh saying? my gosh, but fam, it's happening. Bro, yeah. they're chiefing him up, bro. I'm like, it's no, but isn't it? and isn't this the same thing that we're talking about even in adulthood? Yeah. With not 100%. being able to admit and acknowledge what the real situation is. Yeah, we don't want to look weak as men, <laughs> and that's what it was for him. Like to the point he said they're my friends and I'm like they're huh? my friends bro they're not your, they're not your mates but <laughs> he just doesn't want to look doesn't want to look weak but you know what you know, I can I can actually remember that because actually I was bullied at school mm. right and like you do feel like yeah but because actually before they were your friends mm. you know this is the thing like, that's how kids work isn't it like yeah. you mm. basically pick one of your friends and you bully them for a period of time <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get bored of that bully the next one you know what I'm thinking of a scenario I saw at work <laughs> you said that oh man what's the scenario no exactly the same thing <laughs> someone's moved friendship groups and he's just bullying his old friend you see what I mean <laughs> what's going on here like, you guys were friends before yeah but no but sometimes you just feel like well it's just my turn mm. you know mm. and these are actually my friends mm. you know it's just crazy like that that hasn't really changed yeah you know yeah, for real. but it's interesting because one of the one of the guys at work he'd been asked a question about you know what did you learn from your kids um, during the lockdown mm. and he said you know one of my kids came home and said something like you know daddy we need to have a growth mindset I said what? wow 
What? That's deep still. <laughs> what school are you sending your kids to? For real. Secondly, like, but this is actually what kids are learning. Mm. You know, they're actually, it's, it's almost yeah. like, it seems like, and I don't know, that they, they're they getting access to more of the, like, emotional intelligence. No, they are. Growth, yeah. You know? And I'm curious to see, like, what's this next generation of kids going to be like? Because I think a lot of the kids that still have some of those mindsets that we mm. had is because their parents are teaching them those mindsets because they're our age <laughs> and they had kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it is, a bit, it is that sometimes as well. Like, it's, it's crazy because um, last year, the year 11s left, yeah? And then that they had to leave a bit early because obviously, obviously the schools went into lockdown and stuff. But they're leaving assembly here. These guys were crying. What? Like <laughs> not I'm not talking about the girls, like the guys. Mm. And I was like, wow, things mm. have changed. Things have changed massively. <laughs> Can you even like, imagine? In tears. Crying in school, like the, what the man <laughs> would say. <laughs> like it's just not gonna happen, is it? Yeah. But it was like a positive change, in it? That they, yeah. you know, they're gonna miss their friends, and they thought that they can express yeah. themselves in it. But wow. I was just that. I was taken back by it. I yeah, was shocked. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm really taken back by it. I'm trying to imagine Literally. what would have happened if I had busted tear on my way out of school. You had to affirm that. <laughs> <laughs> you better hold that down, soldier. Yeah. Like, you had to hold it down. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I remember I was the first time. Back by it. I thought, the first time I cried in worship. That that course. <laughs> 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 I know there was still. I know there was. I used to, you know, what was bad. Like in church, growing up, I'd see that one person that's just always a wreck, mm. and I'd be like, "Nah, that's never gonna be me, man." Boy, <laughs> one day got caught. Cool. I got caught, cool, lacking, <laughs> finished. Whoa. <laughs> oh man. So actually, thinking about church, right? Because uh, obviously you're a uh, Nigerian and you're Christian too. Yeah. So, what are the similarities and what are the differences y- you see in how kind of our culture deals with um, our culture deals with mental health and the church deals with mental health? Because in a lot of ways, you know, the church influences our culture. Mm. But what are the similarities? What are the differences that you're seeing, especially as someone who's like involved in church too? The church, I think, like we. I, won't, I don't like to use the word over-spiritualize in it, but... Because I feel like you can't over-spiritualize something, kid it. You yeah. have, it's either spiritual or it's not. It's not. Mm. Yeah, but I feel like they kind of do that. Like, So, for example, when I was going through like depression, people were like, yeah, you know what? Try and attend this prayer meeting. Try and, you know, pray more. Like, all these advice, they, yeah. I guess they meant well. Like, you know, because they were... What they were saying to me wasn't to discourage me and it was what they thought was best. But I'm like, I'm doing all of this. Yeah. Do you know, I'm, I'm trying in it, but I'm still struggling with anxiety and depression. Like, what's next, you know? And, and I feel like, that, I guess that's the thing, right? Because sometimes we, there's even the debate around, you know, is there really, you know, secular versus sacred, right? Mm. Because where we're Christians, you know, actually everything we do is set apart it should be holy we Mm. should be living that life Mm. and sometimes it's a similar thought of you know well this is spiritual or it's not Mm. you know actually you need this the natural and the supernatural to work together Mm. yes actually make things work Mm. you know Mm. so actually yes absolutely we go to prayer meetings and yes we go for prayer and yes we yes we worship at the same time we also might need people to talk to and pass through you know, so it's like, so like, for example, I'm just reminded of Moses, right? And this is a bit random, but when <laughs> Moses was trying to deal with all the people, yeah. Firstly, the Israelites were whiny people, yeah. <laughs> and there's hundreds of thousands, pro- probably millions of these people. Just complaining. <laughs> Mo- all the time. <laughs> yeah. Moses is like the most meekest, mildest mm. person on earth. And you drove him to strike the rock when he should have. Yeah. Broken. So like Moses had some time with his father-in-law mm. where his father-in-law came and gave him very practical advice and gave him very good advice and what i find fascinating is that moses is somebody who went up the mountain to speak with god yeah right moses heard directly from god yeah but god still used a human yeah to bring him the wisdom that he needed moses who had the tank yeah, yeah. god didn't say this is what you need to do mm. that came through a person that came through you know, a practical, non-spiritual, in quotes, way. Mm. 
you know so how much more now when actually like yes we pray yes we worship yes we read the word but yeah. we also need people and we also need in that fellowship that conversation it's, it's funny you said that because like i was talking to a friend of mine on wednesday actually thursday and he was talking about um you see the guys that um broke the roof to yeah. get their friends to see jesus yeah. and he was yeah. talking about like they were going the extra mile for their friend and mm-hmm. I used to always use that example in terms of like sometimes you're going through stuff and you can't pray and that's when people come beside you and they kind of carry you through that season mm. and, and support you mm. do you know and it's it's so important to have those people do you know mm. I hear that and you know I think on on that point as well I just want to go back a bit because obviously you spoke about being an, going through that experience where you know people you're going through what you're going through and mm. people are telling you go to the prayer meetings come to this thing go to that thing like for you on the receiving end like what was that experience like for you um it was like these guys don't get it mm. they they really don't understand like i wasn't angry with them i just understood that they didn't get it and um at times you question yourself like you know so i'm thinking wow like am I not a serious Christian with faith like mm, why mm. is this happening to me like I'm, I'm trying to do this more like I'm trying to go to the prayer meetings I'm trying to pray more but I'm still in this position mm. do you know so I did question myself at times do you know but I, I wasn't I didn't feel any way towards those people because I felt like th- you can't give what you don't have in it mm. and True. that's all they knew mm. at True. that point you know so yeah True. and it's it's kind of like sometimes people have like i've not experienced anything Mm. like that you know but i've been i've i've not i guess this is a weird way to say but i've been fortunate enough to have been able to hear other people Mm. who i'm close to who are actually talking through some of this stuff and it really for me it really opened my eyes Mm. to you know what people actually go through and why some of that traditional you know like christianese advice doesn't really work yeah, yeah, yeah. so what what would you actually say it was for you that yeah. helped you to get out of it like what, was there a turning point like how what was that um, journey? yeah man um it was a combination of things man definitely having a prayer meeting you know, <laughs> those people praying in the background for me i'm i'm, I'm sure of that you know yeah. what i'm saying Arnold's one of the guys I've, you know I'm saying i've shouted when i'm going through stuff man mm-hmm. do you know but um yeah it was a combination of you know having brothers that you know journeyed with me definitely um also therapy man I, I started therapy and i'm not gonna lie it wasn't like when everyone was on this hype about therapy do you know mm. like i was still getting the odd looks like rah <laughs> you're doing that and i think i was a bit ashamed about it as well i'm not gonna yeah. lie like I, I think i was telling arnold like i'll see people they'll be like where are you going today i'll be like yeah yeah i've just got an appointment <laughs> but, <laughs> i'm going therapy in it yeah yeah because yeah. i'm thinking how can i be this guy you know i'm, I'm just saying i'm a christian and i'm going therapy yeah because that's what i was going to ask you do you yeah. think that's from a man from like i'm a man going yeah, to therapy 100%. or i'm a christian going to therapy it was like all of them yeah. you know complaining everything <laughs> It was all of them combined. And I would always bump into someone on the way there. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> one time I even turned up in the building, man, I saw someone I know, but they didn't even see me. The way I was chilling, hoping they didn't catch me. But aren't they in therapy too, if they're in the same building? Nah, the building's for other things as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I saw them, I was like, nah, this is mad. So yeah, that 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 helped a lot and like i said um, having friends that i could journey with man um therapy like that decision to go therapy was definitely one of the best decisions i've ever made like you have a christian therapist or... yeah you had a christian therapist. yeah but it's i thought when i got christian therapist they're just gonna start speaking in tongues and <laughs> you know what i mean but literally like we only started speaking about i've been doing therapy for like over three years now we only started speaking about god the other day Wow, really? like some months ago. Yeah, yeah. Like I, never had a conversation. I just know she's a Christian. That's that's it, really. Because I, I feel like for me, where I like that is because I'm feeling like, okay, well, you've also got a Holy Spirit too. Mm, so maybe, yeah. maybe get a word of knowledge. You, know, maybe, <laughs> you don't get out of that. Still, <laughs> they're just doing but, their job. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like you know, in that scenario, like they're being mm. more led. I guess. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And not to over spiritualize, but I also mm. believe that like. 
because you know like there's times when you're doing your job yeah and you get like you know that something has come yeah, to you to do 100%. and you do that thing and everyone's like right I'm like yeah nah <laughs> that's it like, nah you start pointing up yeah. nah <laughs> nah for real nah I hear you because there's been conversations I've had with my therapist and she says stuff and I'm like raw boy <laughs> I didn't see this yeah <laughs> but she's challenged me on something and I'm like raw boy that's, that's God speaking definitely and curious question Gina. as well how did you find your therapist like how, uh, did she, you, how did you she's find? dope no as, as in I mean like how did you where did you get oh, how did I find oh, okay from here? like how did you find see, that, this now that's person? even a mad story because basically my sister told me that when my mom passed she was like oh you should go for therapy innit yeah and I tried it and it just didn't work for me innit yeah. but I don't know if it didn't work or I just wasn't trying it trying hard enough innit but the lady come in and she was just writing and she was like oh what have you got to say and I just thought why are you writing? Like, you trying to set me up and throw me in one of these madhouses or something? Like, that, that, because all like, all, you know, like our community, we just think like, boy, they just sectioned us. Waiting to put us in a like, cage. That was my fear. So when I saw her writing, I said, you know what? I'm not saying nothing. Yeah. So I didn't say nothing. She said, oh, can you, I had two sessions. So came for the second session, same thing. Didn't say anything. Mm. Then it was cool. So then after that experience, I was like, yeah, I'm not really undoing it. Do you know but if I knew what I knew now I would have done it then do you know because that would have made a big difference but I kind of was like no I'm not doing it it didn't work for me so I went to an event now and it was just about like um, talking about healthy eating well-being all that sort of stuff and there was a doctor he was talking about like um, the different different illnesses and how to prevent them and stuff like that and then he started talking about cancer and obviously that's how my mum passed away yeah so it just affected me so I just I stepped out for a bit and then the lady that invited me to the event she came out and she was like oh you're okay and whatnot and I was like yeah like it was a bit intense in it like what he was talking about because this is how I lost my mum mm-hmm. so she was like right like why don't you try like um therapy and I was like cool yeah yeah I'll do it but she's one of them people like she'll get onto you in it <laughs> <laughs> so like she <laughs> she got onto me in it she was like look this is not something that's gonna go away you got to start, you know, learning how to deal with things and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, cool. And then literally she sent me the details the next day, said thank you to her and whatnot. The following day after that, have you called them? How did it go? <laughs> I haven't called them and I'm thinking, oh, just allow me, man. Like, cool. I've got yeah. the details in it. Yeah. So I, I went to, yeah, I went to call them in it. And then, yeah, it was from there, done an assessment and then had the first session. And literally the first session, me and the lady, like, we just clicked straight away like mm. I felt like she got me in it mm. you know because she's from she's an African as well but she's not a typical African mm. but she understands the culture and everything mm-hmm. so whenever I was saying certain things and I was telling her about my upbringing my story like she just got it mm. you know and, but during that time I know I'm I'm going on to some next no, no, tangent no, no, no. In it, but bro let's go this is the goal this is the goal <laughs> put the foot down bro go during that time yeah I was just like I'm just trying to do a couple months, yeah, yeah. and I'm good. I'm yeah. cutting in it. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I've done I've done my time in it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm cutting in it. So I've cut, and I think, okay, I'm good. I've had a few sessions. I feel all right. Like yeah. I'm okay, bro. The maddest stuff were happening to me after that, like <laughs> anxiety, panic attacks, everything in it. Yeah. And I was thinking, snap, I need to go back. But I realized what I was trying to do was I was trying to rush my process in it mm. because I just thought, why do I need to keep going to this thing? Like, I'm sure it should be a couple of months and I'm I'm OK. Like, <laughs> I don't I shouldn't have to keep coming back in it. Mm. So then with, while I was having anxiety and a panic attacks and panic attacks, I'd had that previously, but I didn't know what it was. Like, I just thought I had breathing problems. Mm. So where I was working, I had panic attacks twice and they rushed me to hospital, but they said I was fine. So I never knew it was a panic attack. Mm. So then I was having that and I just thought, okay, I need to go back in it. But it was bad because this point, it got really bad in it to the point where I wasn't even working. Like, and I couldn't even leave the house. Like if you said like, say we're living together and you came to check me in the morning, bro, you'll see me there when you came back home with it. <laughs> like, that's how, that's yeah. how bad it was. Like, yeah. bro, I couldn't, man. And it's, that was tough for me, innit? Because yeah. I feel like people felt I was being lazy, bro. Like, 
Like, yeah. well, get up, man, and go look for a job. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But, bro, I couldn't get up. Like, I couldn't yeah. even yeah. go to the shower. Like, do you know what I mean? It was mad. Do you know? And it's crazy because one of my friends went through something similar. And he said to me, he was like, bro, I used to think you were lazy. But, boy, I went, I went through it. Like, it's, it's mad. Yeah, it's and real. so, kind of got through that. And then I realized, okay, like, no, I won't say I got through it, but I realized that, all right, I need to, like, reconnect with this cancelling that I was doing in it so mm. I'm fast forwarding there's a lot that happened between that in it but basically I got to that point where I was like alright I need to start working on myself in it and I need to be consistent mm. you know because prior to that point with other stuff that was going on I wouldn't I wasn't consistent in it mm. do you know what I'm saying I was kind of just throwing a towel when I was like stressed out or I was going through stuff in it so I was going into a new year and I was like right I need to just be consistent with this cancelling in it so I connected with them. They were like, yeah, I can have the same person in it that I was, I was in the therapy with. So I was like, all right, that's dope. So I started that. And this time I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna be consistent. That was my goal for the year when I came back to it. Like, I'm going to be consistent. So I was doing it once a month, innit? Like, so that way it's not weekly, innit? It's not too much. Mm. So then, yeah, it was going okay. But then I was getting frustrated again. Like, I need to cut out. Like, I feel okay now. You know what I'm saying? I ain't having no panic attacks. I'm not having anxiety. Like, I'm good. Yeah. But then, I just kept being consistent. And then, one thing that, that impacted me, like, I spoke to my therapist and I said, like, when does this end? Like, I feel like I'm coming here all the time. And I, I don't, like, people around me are saying they can see the changes in me, innit? Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't see anything. It's like going to the gym <laughs> and people telling you you lost weight. Yeah, and you're looking, yeah. you're still seeing a stomach in the mirror, bruv. Yeah. Thinking, what's this, bruv? You're not lying to me, innit? Yeah. But <laughs> people are telling me that, bro, I can see the changes. And I'm like, nah, man, I need to swing this log, get it. Mm-hmm. But then my therapist said to me, she was like, her journey was 10 years. Wow. Do you know, before she got to where she was going and, you know, before she really recovered from everything. And yeah. that encouraged me. So then from that point, I was like, all right, I'm not rushing the process. So that mm. I'm just going to take my time and just journey with this thing. And yeah, man, from there, like, it's it's had a big impact on my life, man. Definitely. Mm. And, I, and I think in some ways, actually, it, we need to normalize going to therapy even when nothing is wrong. Mm, 100%. You know, because I feel like sometimes we see therapy as like, this is the last resort. Mm. Yeah. You mm. know, but often like we all go through things in life that you don't even really realize like just how that affects you yeah Mm, you know and i think that we should normalize it because so like for example you know in the lead up to getting married you do marriage counseling Mm. you know and people often see marriage counseling as like everything has gone wrong Mm. i need to do this Mm. but like you know like everybody like we thought like yeah we're pretty normal right but then in that you're like we need to do this. It makes you ask questions that you don't do, ask each other. Do you lot prep right? before you go or you're just like, all right, let's just put everything out on the table? Fully. Just, okay. just put everything out. Yeah, and, just and put I, everything out on the table. And I think just to even add on that as well, the powerful thing about that is that the more the more you're willing to put out there, the mm. more value and benefit you're probably going to Hundred percent. I agree. Because yeah. even because, with us as well. Like mm. when we made the decision that we were going to do the whole marriage counseling thing before we got married, mm. we made a covenant <laughs> to say <laughs> that this is a safe space mm. and there are no limits. And I think mm. like knowing that the context is one where you're not going to somewhere that you're going to basically just talk and then your, your information is going to get spread left, right and center. Yeah. But everybody's got the same mm. goal. And I think I saw as well, just like Tolly's describing, things come up. Like you see yeah. things that you didn't see. Mm. You're like damn, and I think what you, said about, <laughs> what you said about what you kind of put out is what you get from it, and that's mm. something that I noticed Abraham from your story is because you're saying, look, Arnold, you were one of the people that I could shout out when I'm feeling mm. upset. Yeah. You know, when that girl came to you and said, you know, what's up? You know, you didn't just go, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. You mm. said, this is tough for me because yeah. I said, and you know, mm. that she was actually able to come alongside you, yeah, yeah. actually able to bring actually what you needed in that scenario mm, yeah. and that's actually a really brave thing to do because it's actually really tough to be vulnerable mm, with people especially yeah. as a nigerian male christian like <laughs> yeah, for real it, it's <laughs> like, not easy man <laughs> it's not easy and it's like 
So if there are people listening who, you know, you are having any of these kind of feelings or, you know, you are struggling in that area, like it is really important that you do, you know, try and find a way to be able to signal that to people and to be able to reach out to people because I really hope that everybody has people around them that care for them, you know, Mm. and if you do signal that, then I really hope that like people are able to respond in the right way for you, you know, but it's like, it's so important that we at least try and take that first step, you know, to, to really kind of get how we're feeling out there. Because I also feel like sometimes what is happening just in between our head is easier for, you know, for those voices to really play on you because there's no other voices coming mm. it's just your thoughts and whatever is trying to mess with you as well yeah for real because there is that spirit of oppression there is things that are trying to take us away from that place that is mm. good you know mm. the things that happen to us the devil will use that to absolutely mess with us yeah yeah you know? and actually opening up what's going on inside our heads for people to speak into that yeah you know for to bring truth into that yeah is really really important and just like sometimes just like you said not wait until like there's a big problem before you go to therapy or before you you know you talk to someone yeah like, i think even my journey with therapy i've realized that like i went there because obviously i was struggling in terms of like bereavement and stuff but we've looked like we've unpacked so many other stuff i didn't even know were issues for me mm. do you know what i'm saying from my upbringing to everything do you know and mm. i think Usually as men, we just, we just know how to move on. Yeah, you know, yeah. we don't know how to process anything. We we don't even feel like we have any time, in it. Like you gotta make it happen, innit? Yeah. Do you know you don't feel like you got time to sit down and think, right, how did that go? Do you know, like you just crack on and it's funny because I was talking to like a couple of my friends and we were just like looking at um the life of David and like my friend was like, This guy was going through trauma, man. Yeah. and he didn't even chill out he just yeah. on to the next battle <laughs> think about it like he's come from war all of his brethren they've realised wow they've, these guys have taken their wives and everything yeah. he's encouraged himself in the Lord and that yeah but I just got it cracking after innit mm-hmm. <laughs> like come back did he even process what happened yeah. when he came back like do you know what I'm saying and you think of it as men that's that we just know how to move on yeah. we don't really know how to I feel like women talk more yeah, for sure. And, and I think what's interesting with David, right, is that the flip side of David is you see him expressing himself in the Psalms and you see him yeah. processing. Yeah. So what I find really interesting is when he was in that cave, right, all of those guys came to him who were like, what was it, divorced, depressed, yeah, despondent, mm. in debt, <laughs> right? And all of those guys are the people who then turned into like his mighty men mm. they're all the people who had fierce loyalty to him later who would like go fight yeah. to get him a cup of water from a certain place <laughs> you know so something actually happened in that yeah. place mm. you know where they they built each other they grew together you mm. know there was healing there but then after that like yeah like he goes through stuff and we, yeah. how, how do we see him coping with that too this is it and even when you think of like he's how he, he he's upbringing up until that point in certain areas he had like an issue with like for example like he he had a the guy was a womanizer in it you get me <laughs> you know that's man had a lot of, he had a lot of things <laughs> as they will say yeah. but when you look at it like i feel like he struggled with rejection real and was that ever really dealt with yeah. and then his son does the same thing do you know what I mean? Oh, on a whole different level. Dude. On a whole other level. He's like, you know what? I'm trying to be like you, pops. <laughs> but I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, but I'm, I'm the I'm going to tap it. <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? And I, I was trying to connect the dots there. That like, oh, like, was mm-hmm. it the rejection he suffered with that led him to be the way he was? Mm-hmm. Do you know? And how that not being dealt with, like we can pass on trauma and stuff mm-hmm. to our to our children and not even know. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting point because even when Samuel came for came to his house, his mm. dad wasn't even like thinking about him. Oh, mm. you don't. Mm. At all. And when he came to the battlefield, the way that his brothers spoke to him, that yeah. would be how they normally speak to him. Like, oh, have you come to make trouble? This, this, mm. and this. It wasn't good vibes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. 
I think so just to kind of maybe change gears a little bit mm-hmm. I think I really appreciate your openness Abraham I think just talking about your journey and how things were for you on the receiving end um, just mm. for your experience with therapy and things like that but I guess the question that I was thinking is having been on the receiving end and now being someone who's so passionate about mental health and being an advocate for people speaking up and getting the right help they need what would you say that you learned from being a receiver that helps you now as somebody who is also trying to give out in this area as well mm, as a receiver for me it was um yeah just the people that journeyed with me and how they were they were they were patient with me you know if it was just listening like i had one of my friends and it's always stuck with me and he said he said i'm not good at giving advice but like just call me and vent and yeah. i'm there Wow. wow. Yeah. And that was literally like our conversation sometimes would be like 99.9% mm. me just venting mm. and him not really saying nothing but just hearing me out. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And when I look back on that, like, that must have been nuts for him, man, because I was calling often. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I learned from that, like, raw sometimes you just got a journey with people yeah. and just, just listen to them, you know? Yeah. I think even before you move on to any other lessons, I think that's such a powerful thing because for him it's powerful that he could even acknowledge and see within himself that you know that's really humble i'm not yeah i'm not good at the giving advice part Mm. and he can be honest with you about what he can can't do but the part that he knows he's good at he offered you this is it yeah and i think that it's so easy when you're on the receiving end to feel like you know i need to give the answer especially as a christian yeah 100 as a christian it's almost like i need to defend like Jesus and the path of Christianity and <laughs> this person. I've seen that so many like, times. You know I'm saying? It, it, and so many thoughts can buzz yeah. through your mind when actually sometimes all it really takes is being able to to listen and to just be yeah. honest with the person and say, you know what, I don't know. Or yes, Christians, we, we struggle to do that, don't we? Mm. To just be like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I mm. feel like sometimes what I've seen from people is like, and I think they mean well, but they feel like they need to have an answer. Mm or there needs to be something they need to say to me mm-hmm. to kind of make the situation better on and that and i i get it because obviously they're trying to help me in it but it's like it's okay to just not know what to say mm. it's okay to just you know just chill and you know even if we're both not even saying anything mm. you know i've had friends that just do that when i'm going through stuff like they just come down and they just chill when both not even talking like but i know that they're there yeah yeah and that's fine and i feel like sometimes as christians we put that pressure on ourselves like we need to know the answers yeah we need to have everything ready yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean so i think from my experience that's helped me how i am with people Mm. you know and sometimes i can i can kind of see when something's going on with someone that i know personally and they're trying to cover it up you know because i've gone through it so it's like i can see that for example like i had a friend and i could see like certain things that he was quite particular on he wasn't becoming particular about that. And I can kind of see that. that. Like, you know, like, say, for example, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Say Arnold is someone that is just always on time. Yeah. Like, me at 7 o'clock, he's there at 6.59. Yeah. All of a sudden, this guy is just becoming late. And rather than you kind of be like, bro, why are you always late? Like, and just getting angry, kind of thinking, bro, is everything okay? because mm. this, this ain't like you mm. i know mm. how like he's the kind of guy when he's late he's vexed mm. but now when he's coming late it don't even bother him like do you know what i mean and kind of looking into that and thinking right this ain't like him do you know so like i said I, i've had a friend and something similar in terms of i could see certain things that he cared about him not really caring about it mm. and i know that that was kind of similar to me mm. like certain things i was on point with i wasn't really on point with them and I'm able to kind of be like, rah, bro, are you okay? And sometimes the person actually thinks they're okay. Mm. And that's fine as well, isn't it? Because they haven't got to that point where they kind of realize something's going on in it. But I can kind of clock that. Yeah, bro, you're not yourself, in it. But I won't push the issue, in it. I'll just keep checking in mm. until they eventually kind of, do you know what I'm saying, come to that point where they realize that, nah, they are going through something you know and, do you and i think, think that's what it's helped me to do do you think that that's something that you do based on your experience 100 percent. yourself 100 percent. yeah because like, i was i was good with the acting you know 
Bro, listen, I was going through depression, but I was in church, man. I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was in those groups, man, yeah. <laughs> sharing the revelations, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting battered once I left that building. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, even when I tell certain people, like, yo, this is what I was going through this time, they're like, what? You? You? <laughs> listen, bro, they couldn't see it. Yeah. But I know in it, like, <laughs> so it's crazy. So I, I kind of look up more into that. And it's crazy because another thing was, I was spending so much time in church. Wow. Like, my family were even at one point, like, right, you're always in church. Like, but you know what happened? It just was like, oh, this is another reliable guy. Yeah. Right. No one really deeped it and thought, now nah, you're here too many times. Like, what's going on? Were you running away from it? Go in there. Because if I picked up the bottle or I did something else, then we can be like, okay, this is what he's doing. He's drinking in it. But I was doing the same thing with church in it, really. Yeah, yeah. You know. And and I think, do you know what? The reason why I said you're going there is because I think it is such a natural thing that when you see the person who keeps showing up, the mm. person who's always there, the person who's always delivering. Yeah. Like we see that as a sign of potentially integrity, consistency, yeah. someone who potentially mm. makes a good fit to give some more responsibility because yeah. he's so committed to the vision and mm. stuff like that as well. Mm. And I think knowing that, knowing how easy it is to do that on the flip side, yeah. we can so easily miss some of the things that might Definitely. really be going on or even mm. be driving why someone is so... Because don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it to suggest that every single person who's consistent yeah. is, is, is going through issues. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, but mm. it's just being able to, I think, acknowledge and be mindful of yeah. knowing what's really going on in people's worlds. Definitely. Because okay. it can so easily be missed. Go ahead, bro. Mm. This, oh, sorry, go on. You go, you, you go. I was going to say, definitely taking the time to just check in, isn't it? Like you said, a lot of the times we don't think to just check in and say, nah, bro, like, how are you? Mm you know and even with like i got friends that I talk to regularly like often and sometimes i have to just say bro how are you doing because mm. usually when we pick up the phone we're cracking jokes we're talking about different things but sometimes i just have to say bro like how are you doing like mm, mm. hope everything's good and i don't i'm not the best at always doing that mm. do you know what i'm saying you ask I'm... me though bro <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I to... sometimes i just have to check in in it because i know like you know, it can get like that. And sometimes when I ask that question, that person will actually think, like, how am I? Because they haven't probably even processed it. They've just been cracking on. And as we talk, it's like different things will come out. There's even been times that I'm on the phone with Arnold and Arnold's like, how's it going? Yeah? And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Bro, 10 minutes into the call, yeah? Well, I'm saying some next stuff that's happened at work. <laughs> Arnold's like, bro, you started off by saying it was cool. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? But... It's like, that's my default thing to say in it. Like, because for me, it takes time for me to process things. So you might be like, oh, how was work? I'd be like, yeah, it was cool, whatever. But if we get into, as the conversation goes on, I start to process things and I realise, nah, this happened and that happened and that affected me in this way. Like, do you get what I'm saying? So I think it's so important for us to check in, you know. Tell you you're going to say something. I, I was just going to say, like, even from when you were talking about noticing that, you know, this person's really particular about this and they're not so particular about it anymore. Mm. Like, that takes us paying attention to mm. the people around us and us really, like, caring about their patterns and, you know, understanding their moods and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, us really having, like, a real relationship where we can actually really start to say, actually, you know, this is different to what's normally happening. Yeah. You know, and that might actually be okay. Because it might just be that actually, you know, they've changed this or they changed that. But yeah. understanding why that is happening is actually mm. sounds like a really important part of being able to properly support people. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. I think that is that is important for us to, to definitely notice that. And I think, yeah, man, this, as men, just having real conversations, man. Mm. I know it's uncomfortable. Like, when I first started therapy, like, I was speaking, I'm thinking... Man, that sound like some waste, man. Like, <laughs> like, these are the battles I'm having with myself, you know? Yeah. Like, what am I talking about? Like, but I just had to ignore that voice, in it? Like, all right, let me share this. And and how did you push past that, though? Like, how did you push past those thoughts and those feelings and choose to continue to open up? What went through your mind? How did you get through it? I, I knew I needed to do it. 
like I thought you know I have to do this I have to be here you know and I kept pushing through and with my therapist she asks like the right questions in it that mm. kind of get you <laughs> to where you're going so like you, I'll start off with something and I'll try and change the subjects to be like, Let, let's stay on that for a bit longer <laughs> <laughs> so she asks well-placed questions yeah. you know but for me I knew that it was something I needed to do and I just had to kind of just push through you know and it even became difficult when I started having these conversations with my friends like my boys like we've always been to be honest there's always things that we could share with each other in it so it wasn't like me and my boys can't talk but actually like having deep conversations and sharing about issues to do with my upbringing and different things that affected me in my childhood and stuff like that at first having them conversations it feels weird like why are we talking about this But like I can say now, it's definitely just become like it's normal. Yeah. Do you Did know you what ever I'm have anyone that kind of responded in a negative way to that? Um, no, not really. You know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like. Um, Shout out the mandem. For mm-hmm. real, like whether it's been Arnold or a couple of my other friends, yeah, it's always been, it's always been cool. And I think because, like, in those friendships, we've always been real with each other. Mm-hmm. So that's never been an issue. It was just that, I guess this required us to kind of, yeah, it was like, okay, we're going, we're digging deeper in it kind of mm-hmm. thing, Do you know? So it wasn't like um, that they made me feel uncomfortable. It was more me battling myself in it. Like, rah, mm-hmm. how's my sharing this? Like, how's mm-hmm. my looking at my childhood? Like, oh, I need to be a man. Like, what am I doing, man? I start, like, even when I'd finished the conversation, yeah, I was just like, rah, man, this is mad. Yeah. And Especially when you, yeah, go, no, on, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll be like, man, I'm sharing too much, bro. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true because, like, I'm even just thinking now. Like, I I can think of a bunch. Even I'm just thinking of one of my childhood friends in particular mm. who I've known since I was like seven years old, and we're still friends to this day. Mm. But imagine, I think we're now in our thirties, and we both grew up fatherless. We both grew up side by side. Like we were literally like brothers, yeah. And it's not until I think maybe the last couple of years that we actually had, I would say, probably one of our first conversations, actually talking about fatherlessness and wow. our experiences. And it's and I think like what I've seen from my own experience is that it's so easy as men as guys to to bond on so many other areas yeah. that you know you have in common and stuff like that, but. To almost put certain areas in the cupboard and not really discuss and still yeah, have no, really good sure. and meaningful relationships it's so true because like one of my friends he lost his dad and this was like a while back like i was i think i was 19 at the time yeah. 18 or 19 at the time and we heard the news like he came over to my friend's house we we're like yeah you good bro uh, yeah cool well we just started playing fifa <laughs> But and we were busting joke like yeah yeah do you know what I mean it's like like you said with guys we could talk about everything kid it yeah but those deep issues and now I look back on it and I'm like bro that was crazy like mm. you didn't really actually unpack it and say bro how are you dealing with that we mm. just thought alright you're good alright cool let's mm. crack on kind of thing mm. and I think what's funny right is that like you said Arnold you you still have these really good friendships yeah. right but it's like you also don't know what's on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because <laughs> it's not until you've gone through certain things sometimes with certain people that, like, for me, that it's like, that's really, like, fully bonded. You yeah. know, like, you've been, now you've been to all them places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it takes, it does take you to an even deeper level. And I feel like it's, for me, it's quite sad, actually, that a lot of guys don't really get that. Yeah. You know, they don't experience that. They don't have that because actually that's some of the things that can help also even secure us in our other relationships and our other friendships mm. you know even in like marriage or whatever it is because you're used to being able to be that open with somebody else mm. and that's right right and i think just as we're getting ready to wrap up i've got one question quick fire question all right so what would your message be to somebody who thinks that they're doing okay thinks that life is rosy everything's jiggy don't need no therapist but actually deep down they might need to consider therapy 
what would your message be to somebody like that i'll just say they should just try it man because you can't go wrong what's the worst that can happen do you know especially if deep down they need it mm-hmm. and they're thinking life is all good and like there's been a number of people that i've spoken to and like they've gone to therapy just because they just want to talk through some stuff like there's mm. nothing crazy that's happened in their life yeah they just want to talk through some things and understand why they think a certain way mm. so it doesn't have to they don't have to wait till it gets bad before they go i think just try it you know bro i'm, I'm gonna be very real with you like on like once we get married and stuff like i'm gonna be going to therapy mm. just even just to like you said yeah. just to talk through mm. you know because like i said it's, i've never really like had that like the anxiety or the panic attacks or anything mm. like that but i think even for me just to understand myself better yeah. you know understand why i think the way that i think mm. like why am i built the way that i'm built yeah. because I, I think sometimes I think about it, I'm like, am I a little bit broken? Because certain reactions like, I don't I don't have that, yeah. you know? Mm. And so I'm trying to understand like, okay, like yeah. someone's asking me about, you know, feeling anxious. And I'm like, I can't actually remember the last time I felt anxious. And is that because I just don't feel anxious? Or is mm. that because I'm suppressing? Or like, yeah, what is yeah, that yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, is there, is there stuff that I've not really dealt with that is niggling under there that I don't know? Mm. Yeah. you know so for me like i'm i'm fully gonna take that like it helps you I'm... understand your triggers as well oh mm. yeah you know why because you can get angry about something and you might think oh i got angry because i didn't like what that person said but really mm. you got angry because that triggered something in you mm. from mm. yeah Do you know and something there's an issue that's been sitting there mm. that you had to deal with mm. so it really helps you understand your triggers and why you react why you react to certain things Mm. I think that's so important because I was talking to my dad about marriage and he said look before he got married he never knew he could get so angry <laughs> right mm. because this is somebody who's going to be in your space mm. all the time and they're going to accidentally trigger things that you yeah. don't even know are triggers mm, mm. you know so that's why for me, I'm like yeah I want to I want to try and understand understand myself a bit more and to be honest like my my health insurance renews in june so i'm gonna make yeah. sure it's part of my part of my uh... <laughs> get in there man <laughs> yeah get what you yeah. can you because know? i think especially with covid where people's mental health has oh, taken an absolute battering yeah there is so much more support available mm. companies from health insurance so true, so I yeah think that's i need to something. check my health insurance out you know <laughs> yeah, go for it man <laughs> bro like therapy ain't cheap either so for me i'm like <laughs> But it's a good investment. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? Tolu, yeah, so cute what you said, you know, because I was thinking the same thing, like, right, when, when I get married, like, that's something I'm going to keep doing. Because mm. you think about it, like, obviously, you've got people around you, it's cool, yeah, but there's the one person you can tell and they ain't got an opinion mm. about the situation. <laughs> but they, especially when you want to vent. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, I don't want to tell this person because they're going to look at that person different. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me just do it in therapy. Yeah. Work through these things. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's a nice um, safe space, like I said, man. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I encourage anyone that's thinking of doing it, just do it, man. Like, they'll, you know, it's the best, de- it's one of the best decisions I've made, you know. Mm. Um, and I'm still reaping the benefits from it. One more question, one more question. Go true, bro biggest misconceptions that you had about therapy that mm. when you Good went question. to therapy you found out weren't really true okay i had two i felt like and maybe this is because i was young and i didn't know much about it i felt like why they're just trying to set you up to section you <laughs> and I, that, <that's, laughs> no, I was so wrong with that mm. then i had another like i mean i guess it, it could change for anyone in it but i felt like you know what i can only connect with someone that's black mm. you know they don't understand anyone else don't understand the struggle or that you know and i guess for some people it helps them in it someone from the same background but um there was at one point i had like i was working at a school and they had a therapist there mm. so i used to just go in and have conversations with her and she was a white lady and she was great like you know she really helped me so then that kind of changed my way of seeing things Mm. Do you know so yeah be open in it i always say to people 
ther- finding a therapist is like going on dates trying to find someone. Trust me. Jeez. You might go on some bad dates. You're going to go on some good ones. Like, All right, you meet someone, you click. <laughs> you <probably. laughs> I'm, I'm trying to imagine cool. explaining to my therapist that I had to kneel down and raise my hands for punishment. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I'm saying. This Social services. <laughs> I'm there like, raw. what's the statute of limitation on child abuse? <laughs> Can they still grab your parents? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Oh, All right. Yeah, man. So, brother Abraham, thank you so, so, so much for for joining today. Thank you for sharing. It's been, it's been very like, it's been very real. I really, I really mm. appreciate sharing your journey with us and being open and vulnerable with us. And I'm sure it will help. You know so many people that are listening yeah. so yeah thank you so much thanks um, for having me guys man this has been therapeutic man just having this conversation man it feels good <laughs> real, man. where can the people find you if they want to get in touch with you abraham or you know what? i'm on to? i'm on instagram so yeah um ab underscore olu so yeah if anything just hit me up and um yeah i'll respond to that via the dm still and bro, it would be, I was going to say, actually, when you were talking about your event, like, yeah. it'd be really good to still do that, even if it's not in person. I'd love to attend. And I'm no, sure definitely. also, would. so mm. obviously, even in terms of like, yo, bro, we need that event. So mm. oh, definitely, I'm, man. So. Definitely. I'm going to set that up, man. Um, I've got a podcast coming out soon. That's going to push me to release it but yeah, man, it's going to be um, sharing my journey, you know, um, through like therapy and stuff like that and yeah. how it is as a Christian, you know, doing therapy. And also I'll be looking to have some conversations with, you know, people that have gone through similar experiences, also Christian professionals and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, man, that'll be out soon. Name yet. Hmm? Name yet for the, for the podcast. Hey, don't worry. I'll release it soon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'll come back on it to that's what I was gonna say. You gotta make sure when you launch when you guys are launching that podcast, make sure that you come back around and No, definitely, definitely. Can ask no more about it, man. No, hundred percent, bro. But you lot, thank you so much for today, man. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to us as well, bro. And to the listeners as well, thank you guys for listening once again. If you know somebody that you know that needs therapy, just send them this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let the podcast do the talking. No, I'm joking. Don't use us as indirect unless you feel the Holy Spirit take it that way. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's something a bit, you know, Trojan. It's true, you know. (laughs) Share, share, share. (laughs) 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 Kind of like that video you sent me that was titled one thing, but the the first (laughs) (laughs) It was incognito titles. Nice. Oh man. For sure. No, but um if you guys have got any questions, comments, feedback, or you want to add to the conversation, hit us up in the comments, Instagram, DMs, YouTube, wherever you want to find us at Reason to Behold, and we'll be back with another one. Peace.